It's time for the Drive Stop 4 at 4. All right, welcome back. It's hour number two of the drive underway here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith, Cup of D Live this afternoon from National Rx. Send things back to the White Claw. Hard Seltzer Studios, Marcus Young is standing by with today's top four at four. Marcus, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, Tennessee baseball will be playing today, hopefully, if weather still serves correctly for us. The game did get pushed back to 7 p.m. Eastern time against Gonzaga. It will be played on SEC Network+. Plus. We have a series with them for the full weekend, so we play them as well on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 1. Are you with me, Bear? I'm calling for three baby club ceilings at Lindsey Nelson this weekend. Yeah, but he'll – Vitello doesn't like this whole run rule thing. I don't know if you've heard about that. Mm-hmm. So, like the predator, uh, that you know, for all honest, Coach Con kind of is uh, when it comes to baseball. Uh, he will take steps to make sure that it's not a run shortened game, to make sure well, his he, guys get his work in. It seems it's like it's up to the 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 teams have to decide that before the game, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Gonzaga. Even though they're one and seven, one and eight, whatever it is coming in, you heard Ryan Shumpert in hour one say they that record's a little bit deceiving. They've lost to some good teams and some close games. If that's the case, they don't strike me as a, you know Tennessee's not going to ask for the run rule, obviously. No, but uh, it doesn't sound like Gonzaga would either. So uh, if that's the case and they go full nine innings, then I think there's potential for a lot of runs this weekend at Lindsey Nelson. I hope so. At number two, Tennessee basketball this weekend as the number 12 Tennessee Vols will play Auburn at 2 p.m. on ESPN. They will be playing at Neville Arena in Auburn. I'm, I'm, ready, to, I'm, ready, I'm ready for this tip. Do what now? Did I miss a – they did, I thought it was Auburn Arena. Do they have a sponsor now? Uh, according to the location on here, it says Neville Arena. Neville yeah, Arena. I'm being told yes, uh, being confirmed by our intern, for whatever that means. You don't trust me, Bear? Well, I mean, I got both of y'all looking at me mm-hmm. saying it. So, right. Neville Arena. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for this game tip right now, Russ. Who are some famous uh, Nevilles? Neville Bear, Chamberlain. Neville, Bro- Neville Chamberlain. The Neville Key Brothers. Uh, uh, oh, Neville no, Longbottom from Harry Potter. I was going to say that, but I felt like I was going to get mocked for being a nerd. So right. I, I mean, you are, but yeah, I'll, yeah, you're a total, total nerd. Neville, another good British. Nigel. You don't, you don't run into many Nevilles anymore. Mm-mm. Neville, I say, sounds like a Vandy boy name, like John Neville. He'd have like four hyphenated names, but he'd he'd, he'd be like a, a shooting guard for Vanderbilt. So to answer your question real quick, on February 8th, 2022, the Auburn Athletic Department announced that Auburn Arena's name would be changed to Neville Arena in recognition of the single largest gift in Auburn athletics history by donors Bill and Connie Neville. Yeah. It's like Thompson Bowling. On to number three. Some interesting news out of the XFL as a former volunteer has gotten cut. Quentin Dormandy was cut by the Guardians after he allegedly gave an opposing team plays 
from the Guardian's playbook. The team heard about it, investigated, and released Stormandy. They also removed his stats from the XFL website. The quote says the league is actively reviewing a personal issue regarding a player on the Orlando Guardians who was released from the team yesterday afternoon. Additional information on the situation was brought to the attention of the league overnight, and the league has reinstated the player while it conducts while it conducts a formal investigation into the issue. Uh, Quinn Normandy uh, didn't think we would be talking to him, talking about him this afternoon. But there you go, uh, going full Jack sells and selling yeah. his information off, going double agent on the XFL. And does it make it worse that he's a player doing it? Because you've had now we've had a player do it with Quentin Normandy, sells as a coach, and then you had that whack job. Uh, Wake Forest, their radio, often, their their radio guy. How often do you think that happens and people get away with it? We never hear about it. More than most people realize would be my standard response to. And not to get too conspiratorial here on you, but you think there's any way this is some kind of Vince McMahon like stunt? to get some attention it's on a rock now, isn't it? A, a product that ne- desperately needs attention. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, they had gotten my attention. You're watching the XFL here and there. I mean, okay. the Washington fans are throwing, I'm more likely to, to root for the Washington XFL team than I am the real one. This is uh, this is the first time I've thought about the XFL. It's the first time we've talked about the XFL in a long time. Apparently, they throw fruit on the field. Lemons. Who? The Washington fans. They don't like a call. They like bum. They had to stop the game. They just bring a bunch of lemons to the game. <laughs> I guess, man. It's like. What is this? The middle, the Middle Ages, or stuff? They were going to throw old spoiled lettuce and tomatoes at no, the actors. It was, we don't it, was like? all, it was all lemons, so I had to clear the lemons off the field. And finally, at number four, obviously we have the NFL Combine happening right now. Despite the defensive backs who are doing the drills and everything, we did get some fun comments from former volunteers Hinden Hooker and Jalen Hyatt. I wanted to share this with you guys. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, when asked who the number one or who was the top wide receiver in this class, Jalen Hyatt said, Jalen, David Hyatt, definitely number one. I'll say I'm dynamic. People will say, oh, he's just a vertical guy, one trick pony. He does this and that. I do a lot more things than that. And listed off the the abilities that he has as a number one wide receiver. But the most exciting one to me was Hinden Hooker, who says, if you really dig into our offense and actually watch the film, you would understand. I can't help the defenders can't guard my receivers. I love that quote. I mean, it's just people who are questioning, saying that our the Tennessee's offense is a. You know what he kind of reminded me of? You remember when Cam uh, went into the league and he did the deal with John Gruden, and they kind of made it out like it was just so simple. Yeah. And then no, that's a good point. He kind of yeah. came correct at him, and then he was proven right after he, you know, came league and balled out at that level. 
But yeah, and I think Hendon is going to get in his playbook. I, I would love to see. Here's here's my dream scenario for this year. Titans go offensive tackle in round one. If Hooker's there in round three, I don't know if I'd take him in round two, but round three, you you bring in Hendo Sanko and let him just soak up all that knowledge from Josh Dobbs and watch Ryan Tannehill run the show. I mean, really, yeah, both the guys in front of him. I don't know. Is that crazy? Is that crazy talk? Is Hooker no, but uh, for the Titans at quarterback? I mean, he could be. He just he needs to. He definitely needs to. I hope for him that he goes to a situation like that where he can spend a year yep. getting acclimated to the league, uh, to the speed of it, getting his knee healthy, getting his knee healthy, and just slowly developing, and then behind a veteran and just getting unleashed. I mean, he's he's got the arm talent, man. Go back and look at those highlights. The one that sticks out to me is that LSU game. I mean, he's throwing dimes. Russ, I'll do you one better. Round one, Titans pick Darnell Wright. You can either have him as your left or your right and have Petit Freire on the opposite side because both guys have played both sides. Second round, go Jalen Hyatt. Need another receiver. Third round, you can get Hendon Hooker. Just go all Vols. They, just, they aren't going to draft Wright at, at – where Where are the Titans at? 11? Eleven, yeah. yeah, they aren't drafting Darnell at eleven. If they're going, they're get the trade back. You kid. could trade back. Yeah, I mean, you could. Um, I, I would rather if you could get that Skaronsky guy from Northwestern. I don't know if he's going to last that long, but sounds like he would be the best one. And then I guess Paris Johnson from from Ohio State is the other guy. I mean, you got to get. A, yeah, I mean, you got to get have no, You could have Ohio State bookend tackles next year. Is what you could have. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what wouldn't hurt my feelings at all if they. You know, if if the things worked out that way, and Darnell was somewhere near their second pick, I go offensive lineman, offensive lineman. Well, they're they're definitely going to need to figure out. There's a chance Ben Jones retires. There's been talks about that, so they might have to look at center. Uh, Nate Davis, he's been good, but he he might need a bit of an upgrade. And left guard, I've said it before, Brewer is like. Not even like six foot, I think, or maybe six two for a guard and how small he is. They got to fix their left guard position. No, I could totally see um, right ending up at like guard rather than tackle. He is versatile. Thank you, Marcus. That's your top four at four. It's brought to you by National RX, where we broadcast from live this afternoon. Check this out all CBD products reduced by 25% throughout March. This is a great deal here at National Rx. I know several of you use the Ananda Professional CBD products on sale here at National Rx. 25% off. Act now. Go online to nationalrx.com and, and call down here if you want to get it shipped to you or just swing by. 11-134 Kingston Pike right next to Wendy's out here in Farragut. Uh, anytime, let them know you heard us talking about it on Fan Run Radio 25% off all CBD products here at National Law Rex throughout the month of March. Fantastic. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the air with us here this afternoon. We are live today. We have survived the uh, storm of the century, I suppose. 
And it is absolutely gorgeous out here in East Tennessee now. Blue skies. I think it's still raining here. Is it, boys? It's, I'm still getting a tornado watch warning for Knoxville. So, oh, We're in the clear out here in Farragut. Well, we're safely ensconced in the annex down here at Fan Run. Yeah, you guys are in the bomb shelter for sure. Let's go to the phones. TJ, the Kentucky fan, is next. What's up, TJ? Hey, uh, did Marcus say a tornado watch warning or tornado watch? A, or was it a tornado warning watch? Yeah, that's uh, pretty important to figure out there, Marcus. Well, Come on, Marcus. Sorry, I was. He's up, TJ. People tuning in buddy. for all the latest news. A Don't watch, be misleading our audience now. A watch and a warning. I feel like we always want to be careful, warn people to watch out for tornadoes. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Marcus is hey, like oh, he's, he's being cautious here. I like it. I'm glad y'all are safe today. We should be getting it here later tonight over on the far east coast here. Um, you know, real quick, talking about the football thing first. Obviously, I don't want Kentucky – well, we all want to play the easy teams, right? Uh, you know, let's just get that out of the way with. But I don't get – I can see Mississippi State for Kentucky. That's been a pretty good game. I mean, I think if you look at the, the together or head-to-head, it's like 15 to 16. So, that's a pretty good rivalry there. That started back uh, about 20 years ago. South Carolina – Honestly, in my opinion, I would have rather put Florida with South, instead of South Carolina. Uh, if you look past history, even though they've beaten us 34 times at one point, the games were still close. The games were still on CBS. The games were still sold out. And then that third spot, I would have chosen Tennessee for sure. So mine would have been Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Florida. How disappointed are you, TJ, that Tennessee isn't one of those three? Is it, uh, you know, hugely disappointing? Is it just kind of like, eh, oh well? Or what do you think about it? I mean, to be honest with you, I am disappointed. Um, Even though you guys own us, there's no denying that. Me and my dad went to those games growing up. I always remembered watching Tim Couch versus Peyton Manning in the the 90s. I always remembered, you know, getting in front of the TV of Andre Woodson, and I think it was Eric Ainge or whoever it was, or – or uh, at the grandma's house. Hey, the Tennessee-Kentucky game's on. Turn it on. I mean, that was something you always looked forward to in November uh, with Kentucky football because you knew it was going to be cold, snowy, and a game was going to be a good one. So I I am kind of disappointed. I am too. I am too. Like, it's just – it's such – it goes back so far – We've played each other for like a hundred years or something. And, um, you know, I know, uh, South Carolina, that's, that's become, uh, you know, somebody has got to play somebody Everybody's got to have three. And so you got to make some hard choices there too. But, um, there, there was a traditional aspect of Tennessee and Kentucky. And I know it's not like we're never going to play each other again, TJ, but, um, I'm kind of sorry to see that one go away. The only way I will accept someone's apology for playing you guys every three or four years now is if they bring back the beer barrel and the opponent who wins gets to keep it for those three or four years. I think that would add – now, I know the story. The story is sad, 
but it's been how long? 30 years. And I think we can move past it. We can, you know, all be adults about it and bring back the beer barrel. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's another one. We've been, we've been singing that song for a couple of years now, but I, I think that's your boy up there. That's that's Mitch who's got to come around on that one, right? Yeah, which I'm shocked. Uh, he announced two weeks ago that beer will be sold in baseball and softball games for Kentucky. Why not do it for basketball and football? You make a heck of a killing. Why do it for baseball and softball and not the other sports? I don't get it. Hmm. Hey, big game tomorrow. Uh, what time do y'all play? Tennessee-Auburn. 2 p.m. Is that CBS or ESPN? Uh, I believe it's ESPN. Well, man, I don't know how this is going to play out. Um, like I said the other day, Tennessee, Kentucky, both down point guards playing for that third spot. Tomorrow night around 8 o'clock, what is your prediction on the three seed for the SEC tournament? Uh, um, I, I kind of see Tennessee and Kentucky both taking the L tomorrow. Is, uh, what, what happens if we, if we both lose? Well, if that happens, I think it's Mississippi. No, take Mississippi State has to lose. If Tennessee, Kentucky loses, Mississippi State wins, I think Tennessee drops to a five, Kentucky to a four, and Mississippi State to a three. I could hmm. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's how it will unfold if Tennessee and Kentucky both lose and they win. Okay. All right. I'm, I know Stats by Will had a really good graphic breakdown on this. I'm, I'm going to find that, and we'll try and get to the bottom of this, let's see if um, Tennessee win, Kentucky loss. Boy, I, I'm Zach Galifianakis. Uh, the gift come to life right now. All the equations going through my. I'll, I'll my figure head. it out for you after the. If Tennessee loses, we're anywhere from a four to six seed. If we win, if Kentucky loses, they're a four or five. Yeah. So yeah. we could we could lose, and I think Missouri has to lose to Ole Miss, which isn't going to happen. Tennessee to still get a four seed if they lose tomorrow but I I don't think things look good for the Vols or the Wildcats TJ we got to run though my friend have a good weekend when we continue I'm going to catch up with our friend Lucas widespread Panzeca of 104.5 the zone he's been up at the combine this week in Nashville covering a couple of former Vols and get his take on what the Titans are going to do at 11 All kinds of stuff when we continue. Stay tuned. It's The Drive on Fan Run Radio. Back with more right after this. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues live this afternoon from National Rx and Farragut. I'm Russell Smith, and we send things back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines where our old friend Lucas Panzeca of 104.5 the Zone and Titans Radio in Nashville is standing by. Good afternoon, Lucas. How are you, sir? Russell, we are having uh, – I'm having trouble. Oh. Give me just a second. I'll have wah, with you. Wah, wah. Big swing and a miss by the drive there. It was all – had my momentum and everything and just splat. Splat. 
not good. Dude, want to uh, remind folks, as somebody was just asking about this, yes, this is all Ananda Professional CBD products, 25% off through March. So you could come in and get the uh, sleep-enhanced formula they've got there or the regular, I guess, take during the day, Ananda Professional products here as well. And uh, you can get that online, nationallawrex.com. I, I think you do have to call down here and talk to somebody. They'll fill out the form and, and ship it to you. So those of you who live in the mid-state, the Memphis area, California, Stan, wherever, you can have it shipped to you, support the brand, support Fan Run, get hooked up by uh, National Law Rex this afternoon. Let's try this again with Lucas. We go to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Lucas Panzica, 104.5 The Zone, standing by. Good afternoon, Lucas. How are you, sir? Afternoon, guys. I'm well. We're we're traversing the plains of Indiana, heading back down to Nashville and trying to labor through this wind and rain. I, I think we might get into a Wizard of Oz situation here where one of these barns will get lifted up off the ground as we drive by it. Well, be careful, my friend. It was scary. We just had it run through Knoxville about an hour or so ago, and uh, – it was quite windy out there, so safe travels. Lucas, you've been up at the Combine this week in Indianapolis. That had to be a pretty cool experience. What did you learn up there? Uh, it was cool. It was cool to talk to a lot of players for the most part. Unfortunately, we're heading back now. We were there to broadcast all week, so we won't get a chance to talk to the linemen, talk to the running backs, uh, the offensive linemen at least, and, and those are two of the deepest position groups in this class. So we won't get to see those guys, but – Really cool to talk to some uh, former Tennessee players, too. I mean, Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, Byron Young had a really nice day yesterday at workouts. He spoke two days ago, and all these guys were pretty pretty forthcoming on, on the type of conversations that they've had and the things that they need to show over the course of the next couple of months to get picked and then moving moving forward with that into their careers. So this is something we, we haven't talked about on our show yet, uh, Lucas, but I'd be willing to guess that Bear – agrees with me i think there are probably a, a couple of people agree with me it's the weird thing about the combine right i see a guy like byron young and i wish him the best i hope he's drafted highly that is that's good for tennessee to sell on the recruiting front i hope he goes out there and has a great pro career is it uh bad of me is it just bad fan brain thinking to see him run a great 40 yard dash have the great jumping numbers and all that stuff and think man, we didn't get enough of him out of him here at Tennessee. Is that bad to think? <laughs> no, it's not, because I totally get it. I mean, it's, it's really interesting, too, because the combine and really the draft process as a whole, you have – there's a lot of people that cover, you know, both the college game and the NFL, but there's also a ton of people that just have their own respective, you know, uh, beats in one or the other. And then those are all coming together when it's combine time and draft time. And we were talking about this with Josh Pate the other day. It's like you have sleepers, right? Uh, like, like, oh, this guy, this guy's a real sleeper. This guy could be really good. Uh, and if you're a college football fan, a guy like Zach Charbonnet, the UCLA running back, you're like, that guy's not a sleeper. I've watched that guy run for 300 yards multiple times. What, what do you mean sleeper? That guy was one of the best running backs when he was in college football. So it is really interesting when those things come together. And then with a guy like Byron Young, it's, it's, uh, he worked, he tests really well. His interviews went great. Like, oh, he could be a sneaky good, really good pro prospect as an edge rusher. And Tennessee fans are like, yeah, he was good, but I not from what I saw. So it is a, a fascinating thing when some guys just get in the right situation uh, with the right coaching staff 
and and they'll just take off when you leave their fan base in the dust at their college program, thinking like, eh, maybe could have gotten a little bit more of that when he was here. Okay, so uh, just off the top of my head theory here, feel free to poke holes in it if you can. Maybe the past two or three years in the SEC, we saw Trayvon Walker last year go number one overall. Georgia fans had the same conversation, right? He wasn't mm-hmm. that productive at Georgia to be the number one overall pick. Will Anderson, yeah. this year at Alabama, like Alabama fans were disappointed that he wasn't more productive. Do you think there could be something brewing in the SEC, perhaps just really good offensive tackle play that is preventing that production from happening at the collegiate level, even though these guys are still really good pro prospects? Oh, that's a great point. I mean, the, every scenario is different, right? Like in the case of Trayvon Walker, just that rotation was astounding for Georgia. So if you put a, a Trayvon Walker on Tennessee's front or South Carolina's front, you imagine his numbers would look marginally better. And then as far as Will Anderson goes, uh, he, he probably did not have the season people expected him to, but but his numbers were so astronomical in 2021 that any you know almost any other season possible would have been a drop-off from what he did in the year prior. And then with, with Byron Young, you just saw it in spurts, right? Like he finished strong. What was it, two and a half sacks he had in the Clemson game? In the Orange Bowl, I mean, he had a really nice end to his Tennessee career. It was you know two years, a great story, the Dollar General thing, and coming up that way, and wasn't a high-profile prospect. So every situation is pretty different, uh, but that has got to have something to do with it, especially uh, this year. I think that I mean two of the higher-profile tackles coming out are out of the SEC. Broderick Jones coming out of Georgia, and obviously Darnell Wright at Tennessee is being talked about more and more, like he's going to get taken in the first round. And there's plenty of edge rushers speaking to media at the Combine, that it's a very common question when you hear these guys like, who's the best corner you, you went up against, right? Or, or if, you're, if you're a defensive back, who's the best receiver you ever covered? Well, pass rushers are getting asked, who's the hardest tackle to rush against? And, and Darnell Wright has not been an uncommon answer. So, yeah, there's probably something to that, Russ, of what you're saying there. But every situation is slightly different. Lucas Pansica, 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio, a proud graduate of the Fan Run Academy of Broadcasting with us this afternoon on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. And Lucas, what's the buzz on The Zone and Nashville about the Titans? Obviously, ran Carthon's first trip to the Combine as a GM. Any indication what the Titans might be thinking this week as we work towards the draft? Well... Rand Carthon just keeps telling us what his process has been uh, throughout the course of these last few weeks, and it's been just information gathering from Mike Vrabel, from scouts, like coming into the situation, understanding that he it was the odd man out coming in, gathering that information on what this team, what Mike Vrabel wants this team to look like, and then building a team accordingly. That, that He has straight up been saying that now, uh, and he was saying that this week as well. He was on the show this week talking about tanking. does not appear to be a very popular word in the Titans building. Uh, to put it lightly. So I think you would expect the Tennessee Titans to have the same identity, to have a lot of the same ideas and move forward, just trying to have more pieces and more weapons to build around it. Like it, I think you would sit here and say today on March 3rd, 2023, Ryan Tannehill is most likely the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans in 2023. And they are still going to have the same run first mentality that they've had under Mike Vrabel, but it's just about how they can build around that. Mike Vrabel talked about adding speed. They could do that in this draft they could potentially do that via trade free agency but uh i think that's the biggest thing we've learned if you were coming in hoping for a blow it up rebuild that does not appear likely here 
Taylor Luan, uh, they move on from him last week, a series of moves, but that was the biggest one. What is Luan's legacy with the Titans, Lucas? I guess it's complicated. I think it should. I mean, it should be one of, uh, you know, one of the best tackles to to come through the franchise, and I think it'll be viewed that way uh, for the most part. Everybody would would have an opinion, I guess. I never really understood the the issues with with the podcast. I get that he's out there a lot, and not a lot of people like that. And I think you just start to see somebody constantly on social media and constantly on videos and content that plays for your football team, and you're like, you're like, you just get kind of tired of it. So. I don't know. I guess it's polarizing, but I don't think it really should be. For the most part, I think he'll be viewed as one of the best tackles to ever play for the Tennessee Titans and one of the the three or four most foundational pieces, at least from a player perspective, on turning the franchise around. Like I think you lump Taylor Lewan in with Delaney Walker, with uh, a Jarrell Casey, uh, you know Brett Kern that was on the as far as guys on the roster when they're going two and fourteen under Ken Wisenhunt. And when they're, you know, going to the AFC Championship game under Mike Vrabel. So you definitely can't ignore that part of his career and all the success that he had. And then Titans fans got a, they got a, a good dose of what it's like to not have competent play at left tackle this past season. So yeah, I think, I think he'll leave behind what should be a pretty well respected legacy on the field. And uh, I know we won't know for sure, but uh, it feels like the Titans, uh, 90% sure they're going offensive tackle in the first round uh, you know you could trade the pick uh, free agency comes into play here but it surely surely they're going to have to draft an offensive lineman in the first round right that seems likely yes like if, if you had to, to put money on it right now i think you would probably go in that direction you know we don't know who they're falling in love with like that's the problem if the mm-hmm. titans were to fall in love with a quarterback in this class and trade up to get him, maybe move a player for some extra picks to make up some of that draft capital that they would have to lose to trade up to get a quarterback. They could do that, and they could do all of that, and Ryan Tannehill could still be this team starter in 2023 with a rookie sitting there and saying to Malik Willis, like, sorry, we tried it out, we kind of gave you a shot, didn't see enough progress there. Uh, so, yeah, that's on the table because we don't know what the conversations are. We, we don't know what, what they're walking away from in these meeting rooms and, and talking about the guys that they really love at that position. Uh, but most likely, uh, they're going to direct directly address their biggest needs, and there's no question that that is the biggest need on this team right now. The offensive line as a whole, not even just the tackle position. You're talking about the real possibility of replacing four or five starters. So yeah, I, I, I imagine they will go in that direction, Russ. And their needs are pretty clear cut. But everything will be on the table here. But even if even if they don't go in that direction, it doesn't mean that they're just suddenly uh, blowing everything up and rebuilding and getting away from all the fundamental things that make the Titans the Titans under Mike Vrabel. Lucas, Tennessee basketball, man. Uh, I know you're, you are you still follow this stuff closely. Um, you lose Ziegler, but you get Triple J and um, Phillips back. Tough deal down at Auburn tomorrow. As a fan, do you, do you look are, – are you holding out any hope of – a successful March run for Rick Barnes and, and crew, or are you bracing yourself for another postseason disappointment? Probably more the latter. I think I'm I'm in a spot where it's like, hey, if they can string together some wins in March, awesome. Uh, that'll be gravy because there is very much a baseline for what this team has accomplished in March under Rick Barnes, and it doesn't. The outlook is not any shinier with the Kai Ziegler out. So I'm I'm interested to see how they look without the Kai Ziegler when you actually go into a game where the opponent is game-planning to, to 
especially you know offensively for Tennessee when the opponent is game planning to defend your team without Zakai Ziegler in the picture. We don't know what that'll look like yet. They did a nice job of, of kind of brushing off the emotion of the moment and, and handling their business against Arkansas. But Auburn's going to want revenge. They're going to want to avenge that earlier season loss in a, just an awful game in Knoxville. And uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what's the feeling uh, for you guys? Like, I, it, it sounds like every question that you, you ask me on this, Russ, it, it sounds like you've just been dealing with uh, fans that, that are already like mourning a, a first or second round exit. Well, you know how sports radio is, right? I mean, we get the hardcores calling, and I feel like those folks sometimes lean a little bit negative. I, I don't feel terrible about it. I'm just sort of, I'm going into it, and Bear, you you jump in here too with just yes, a, a completely open mind. It's a blank slate. I'm not expecting much, and so like if they get to the second weekend, if they get out of out of the second round and into the Sweet 16, to me, you know, without your starting point guard, that's pretty good. Like, that, that's acceptable to me. I'm not going to be, you know, if you lose in the Sweet 16, I don't, I don't think it's anything to to high-five about necessarily. But, uh, man, if, if you get there, it's okay. Anything above that is gravy to me. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at. I mean, we're number 12 right now. We started the season number 12. Uh, we've been a top 15 program all the way up to number two. Uh, you know, kind of here and there in the in the top ten. So, I expect us to be in the Sweet Sixteen because we're one of the sixteen best basketball programs in the country. After that, I mean, you know, anything can happen from the Sweet Sixteen on. Yeah, that that should probably be the baseline expectation, right? Just get to the second weekend, and I know the pressure builds because you haven't found that success. But like. What they did in March last year or the year before that or the year before that has nothing to do with how that's going to play out this year. Uh, I get that that's a frustration, uh, but I'm with you that it's a blank slate going in, and the ceiling is probably lower without Zakai Ziegler, but there should still be an expectation that make it to the second weekend. Make it to the second weekend of the tournament uh, with with a team that you know has shown it can win without Zakai Ziegler. Like Zakai Ziegler was not Tennessee's best player on the floor for every one of their – top 10 wins uh this this season but they can win without him uh but can they can they string wins together without him in a tournament setting uh that that's what will be interesting and how many minutes does bj edwards get like i i'm very <laughs> curious on saturday to see how that's handled it's kind of a sore spot uh, lucas let's yeah, let's not know. <laughs> let's, let's not get in there too much uh here's lucas pancica 104.5 the zone lucas did did i see were you doing the play-by-play for nashville sc on the zone last weekend yeah, uh, so we as a station, uh, we announced that partnership that the zone is now the flagship station at National Soccer Club. And myself and Will Bowling are, are sharing the play-by-play duties on a rotational basis. Jaleel Baba is a former National SC defender. He's coming on as the analyst. He's been hired by the club as a brand ambassador, radio analyst, doing events, community outreach, all those things. And we're, we're, we're fired up, man. Last Saturday was probably the most fun I've ever had in a booth anywhere. I mean, the, the stadium, it was absolutely electric. The performance was awesome, seeing the MVP, Hani Mukhtar, coming on and assisting the second goal. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, we, we announced that partnership last week, and, and I'm just so fired up about it. So, so give us a taste of, like, what, what's your go-to in a do you, when do you have a goal? A goal? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I've just yelled a name at this point. Like, I, <laughs> it's, it's, the most, it's the most reactionary, like, instinctual thing that I can do. But that, that's what I went with for that. Second goal assisted by that Jacob Schaffelberg scored assisted by Hani Mukhtar. 
last week. I, I'll, I'll send it to you guys if you want to. If you want to, yeah. That's, that's uh, I, I think I, I did see some of that a, a clip with uh, with your audio on Twitter. That is awesome, man. That is big time. You are you would be perfect choice for the uh, voice of soccer in Nashville. That's got to be that's got to be a thrill, man. Congratulations, Lucas. Always appreciate you coming on remember us back here in knoxville remember where you started as you continue to make <laughs> the big time there in the big city of nashville i appreciate it man it's 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 one of those things that it's like it's a it's it's yeah it's like a dream that you didn't even know you had or was possible right because six years ago if you told somebody there'd be a thirty thousand person soccer specific stadium in nashville packed out with you know fans of nashville's mls team you would say that you're just absolutely insane so so to play any part of it is awesome, and I, I am not up there for every single game. It's about half and half, so I do get to go enjoy some games. And I would, uh, Russell, I, I saw you there at the opener, the home opener last year. So would love to see you back out there at some point this year, especially in the summer when it's like the only thing going on. And Bear, you've got to come check it out. I will be down there on the weekend of June twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth. The nice. chief himself is playing in Franklin. Noel Gallagher. <laughs> no, it's garbage. Nice. Okay. I want to be. Um, if you want to go, I'll I'll take you, kid. I want to go back to an SC game. Uh, you guys got to get that parking thing straightened out, though. I, I must have sat on Nashville Speedway uh, in turn three for about an hour oh, last year. Man. But yeah, yeah, that we, that part we kinks work on are that. Being worked out. <laughs> yeah, kinks are being worked out. But maybe just park somewhere a few blocks away or. Or, or park a, an establishment somewhere and Uber over it. That, that's, that's what I uh, have defaulted to when I go to those games. But it, that that part hopefully will get worked out at some point soon. But, yeah, I, I want to see you guys out there. All right, LP. Continue to drive safe, my friend. Thanks for jumping on. Appreciate you. Uh, you guys rock. See y'all. Lucas, Our widespread Panzeka, 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio, at Lucas Panzeka, on the Twitter machine. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, sky's the limit. I'm looking at you, Tucker. Yeah, he was in. The, he was sitting where you're sitting right now. Young, one day, young Tucker could be the next LP. Mighty big shoes. No pressure. Yeah, that's okay, guys. <clears throat> <laughs> Marcus. What would Marcus's like? You're one of us. Marcus forever. is calling the uh, World Cup. Oh, gotcha. World Cup finals. What would Marcus's call be? Russ? Goal. Something like that, probably. Goal. Right? Yeah, the USA won their first World Cup. I'm very excited. I'm very proud. I'm that still th- very tickled over Marcus's Bruce Pearl imitation. I'm very proud that G- the Give U- us a smash real quick. Was, Come on. I'm about Come on. to. Give I'm us a setting smash. it up. Or really, tell us a joke. I'm really proud that the uh, U.S. was able to smash the Britons uh, in the World Cup to this year. So Smashed! Actually tied them, but uh, just, I'm it's, it was an acceptable result at the time. It was, yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen, we must pause for the cause, as they say. Open up these Big Orange Phillies phone lines again, 865-546-8200. If you want to jump in, 546 546- 8,200, the drive continues after this. The docket brought to you by Fox and Farmer, the Car Wreck Pro attorneys. Well, the uh, big news, the big national story, the Murdaugh 
murders bear have you been keeping up with that uh yeah a little bit um i watched the the jury verdict last night and then i listened to the sentencing this morning yeah uh i hope he burns in hell uh i hope that's all true and i hope he go he'll go there and he'll burn for eternity he's an awful awful person what a psycho south carolina attorney alex murdoch convicted of um the shooting deaths of his wife and son last night in a case uh, that chronicled the unraveling of a powerful Southern family with tales of privilege, greed, and addiction. The uh, Associate Press, very poetic there. Uh, jury deliberated for less than three hours before finding him guilty on two counts of murder at the end of a six-week trial that pulled back the curtain on the once prominent lawyer's fall from grace and he is sentenced today to life in prison he's 54 so uh he will live the rest of his life in in south carolina prison i'm pretty sure that judge gave it to him consecutively too i may be mistaken on that but that that's the key word you got to look for in there consecutive so, versus so concurrent. Bear, I, i've not been following this I, I actually did watch something about it when this first happened like a year or so ago but i've not been following the trial why right. did he do this why did he kill these his family okay apparently he had like uh, i'm i'm talking like a, a, a motley crew rolling stones level of addiction to to opioids and so it's uh, kind of like the the judge here who was the christian newsome trial no, 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 no. This guy had allegedly it came out in court. I don't know if I believe it. But I mean, he didn't kill anybody, but he was he was hooked on the pills, wasn't he? Not like this guy. I mean, this guy had like a sixty k a week habit. We're talking like he okay. stole. They were so yeah. after. I mean, he's currently facing. I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they said hundreds of other charges involving stealing from clients. Uh, there was a maid that died mysteriously at their house. I mean, it, this whole thing's kind of, it has a real true detective season one vibe to it, honestly. Like but the, why, how, I don't understand how killing his wife and son helps feed his addiction. Because everything was, you know, you can't, nothing lasts forever like that. And I, I think the story is his son found pills and he was supposedly quit and... Uh, I think he was worried about, you know, because he knew that everything was crumbling down around him with, I mean, we're talking millions and millions of dollars he stole from clients, his partners. And they weren't a prominent South Carolina family. They were just the most prominent rich family in this podunk little two-county area over in South Carolina, I guess in the low country. And it, it just appears to me that just, it's kind of just kind of backwards. And, like, he was a you know, the head of like the family and like going back to his great grandfather, they were always the prosecutors for that area. So yeah, I mean, it's a Shakespearean uh, level tragedy for sure. But uh, didn't he hire some guy to try to stage? Yeah. He, he botched his suicide attempt. Um, he lies constantly admitted to lying on the stand about, See, because his kid's phone, they could not get into his son's phone. And apparently after a year, like he had, he was in jail by this time for the financial charges and all the, you know, thieving he did. And then I don't, I, I'm not certain how they got the phone unlocked, 
But they got his son's phone unlocked, and on there in his Snapchat was a video of him at the murder scene, like, I think, like, minutes before the murders went down when he had claimed to be at his mother's, like, 90 miles away. So Just wrecked his, his alibi. Yeah, and he was he came across as somebody who knew, like, you know, I mean, he was a prosecutor, so he knew everything, but he was real ham-fisted about it, like offering up his phone. Uh, you know, he had carefully – He it was obvious this guy was creating alibis before the murder. So it was totally premeditated. God, so, man. But I mean, the judge basically said this morning, he goes, I, I've sentenced people to death for a lot less than what you've been convicted of. You got you to be a sick puppy to kill – well, uh, I shouldn't laugh. I'm not making light, but like, you know, unfortunately you see spouses kill each other all the, not all the time, but that, that happens, right? You can kill your own son. You're a monster. I mean, my God. I mean, he's a monster. And what's wild is I don't think we, any of us have, have still seen the real him. That's what's weird to me about people like that and people that are, that can, are capable of committing acts like that. Like you never see the real them. Unfortunately, usually only the victims do. Every once in a while, they give you a peek at it. Mm. So, but he's he's a, he's a monster, man. Good riddance. The thing that I won't do is I don't want to watch any movies or documentaries about it or anything. I just want to forget that that guy ever existed. I like how how Bear uh, Marcus. You ask him like some some story. Like I knew that's a story that Bear is just following really closely. And you'll ask him, like, do you know what's going on with this this big news story? It's not sports, but everybody's following it. And he'll be like, ah, a little bit. I think I heard something about it. And then he'll tell you in graphic detail everything about it. You know, when I learned all of that in two hours while I was sitting looking at Twitter and had one of the cable news channels on last night, like after the verdict, and they basically broke down the entire case with clips. It was – and I haven't followed it. I swear to God, I haven't followed it at all. I don't normally follow stuff like oh, it that. Doesn't it's too sound macabre. Like Meanwhile, in much, much lighter news, a Georgia woman has been arrested after police say she purposefully crashed her vehicle into an Augusta Popeyes over missing biscuits. That's worth it. Yeah, totally rational. I'm honestly uh, yeah. having a hard time uh, finding fault with this lady. I, I feel that. I feel her on that. You leave my biscuits out. Especially than Popeye's biscuits. Fifty-year-old mm. Belinda H. Miller charged with first-degree criminal damage to property and aggravated assault. Authorities say just after 7:45 Saturday night last weekend, deputies were called to the fast food restaurant after reports of an accident with injuries. The manager reportedly told police that Miller became mad when she saw that she didn't have any biscuits with her order, so she drove her SUV into one of the restaurant's entrances. I don't know if I would have gone that far. I would have just maybe politely pulled back up to the window and been like, hey, you guys forgot forgot my biscuits. Those Popeye biscuits, they're, they're damn good. Fled the scene. She's arrested, given bond over $4,000. Take care of those biscuits, man. People go crazy over them. That is the docket. It's brought to you by Fox & Farmer, the Car Wreck Pro attorneys online at Fox & Farmer. Dot com. Remember, they don't get paid unless you do. So what do you have to lose? Give them a ring. Set up a free, no-obligation consultation to discuss your case at 865-531-9400.
1-800-522-4700. Fox and Farmer, the Car Wreck Pro Attorneys, hour number three of The Drive coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. Stay tuned. We're back with more right after this. <laughs> 